0: This is the John Oakley Show Podcast. Great day for Talk Radio. We'll talk about, uh, well, economic matters with Rocco Rossi, the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, in just a little bit uh, before the top of the hour. We'll get to our panel after 5 o'clock. However, I wanted to update a file, and especially since uh, it's taken on new currency with the addition of a lot of companies making PPE. Last week when we talked to Michael Hurley, the head of... QP Ontario's Council of Hospital Unions, uh, the troops were demoralized and uh, risking danger by being frontline healthcare workers, but ill-equipped at that. Uh, so let's get an update and see if that morale maybe has shifted somewhat. Michael Hurley, good to have you back on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So uh, my question is because, you know, it's uh, about six days since we last spoke, but a lot has been put into the pipeline, including the 500,000 masks that are coming in from 3M, even after the imbroglio with the border tie up. And uh, a lot of companies are retooling to manufacture these things. We had the premier up in Vaughan today at Woodbridge uh, taking boxes of masks. Are you more optimistic that the needs for your frontline workers are now going to be met?
1: Uh, not, not really. Unfortunately, I mean the situation on the ground in the hospitals and especially in long-term care is uh, is pretty dire at the moment.
0: How so? Uh, has there not been like a bump up in the avails? Uh, are you still? I know the premier was saying yesterday that we're about a week away from going through burning the supply, and uh, that was quite dire. I thought there might have been a perceptible change, though, and even a change in mood. So you're saying we're still operating in circumstances that are not optimal, obviously.
1: We're still operating uh, with rationing. We're still we're still. Uh, uh... Uh, using uh, masks that uh, we would consider not to be appropriate for people who are dealing with uh, uh, suspected or actual cases of COVID. And, um, you know, the numbers that were reported today at Queen's Park were that I think uh, now 11% of cases uh, of COVID are healthcare workers and to put that in perspective, we only make up for the hospital long-term care group about 2.5% of the population, so you can see that uh, people are, are heavily exposed and they're starting to fall as the shortages of equipment wreak the predictable consequences.
0: What would be necessary to do uh, ASAP in the immediate to address that? I'm just wondering about a timeline here, a horizon that may or may not be met.
1: Well, I mean, uh, the governments at the provincial and federal level have to do everything in their power, including ordering industry, to make this equipment and to run run their factories around the clock, uh, because unfortunately, uh, there is almost no equipment uh, in many of these facilities. And as a result... Um, People are uh, providing care to people who may have COVID. They're picking up the illness. They're infecting uh, their family members, and you know, and their coworkers. And they're also infecting people in the facilities who have, you know, weak immune systems and can't can't cope with this illness. So this has got to be a top priority, uh, really. And I don't get that sense of urgency uh, yet from the provincial government.
0: And the federal government, likewise, I mean, I watched the daily press briefings with the prime minister. He's talking about 5,000 Canadian companies stepping forward to help fight the virus. Canada, uh, they, they're they working to produce 30,000 ventilators at home. Uh, what else did he say? Uh, Stanfield, Canada, Goose, amongst others, are making medical gowns. But is this all projected too far out to be of any good to you today?
1: Well, I mean, this This problem will obviously persist for quite a while. But when you think about the fact that Canada tests so few people and Ontario tests the fewest number of any in the country, so we really do not have a real handle on how widespread this virus is. Like, would you not think that these levels of government would be industry to ensure that we had the testing apparatus to make sure that the stuff that's going on in places like Bob Cajun and long-term care uh, wasn't happening because we had the ability the resources to test every resident in long-term care isolate the ones who are sick like should this not be for Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Ford like an urgent wartime kind of crisis I don't get that urgency
0: you don't interesting all right well, no, I, I was just going to say, uh, you know, all right, if the uh, l- urgency is lacking, is it something you're saying then uh, this should be mandated in some kind of uh, a type of war procurement? As you know, Donald Trump has uh, put in place in the United States, seconding these companies to build ventilators and the like. You'd like to see something uh, along those lines here in Canada as well as his province then?
1: Ab- absolutely. And, you know, one, the supply problem looms over the safety problem for healthcare workers because, as long as there's a shortage of the equipment, the province has watered down its safety protocols for healthcare workers and uh, takes the position that, uh, you know, um, uh, an inferior mask is actually safe when dealing with COVID patients. They do that because. They don't think there's enough equipment. I mean, everything sort of lines up from there. So that would be a great start, would be to order industry to make this equipment, the testing kits, the masks, the you know, the ventilators, and and to expand public testing, uh, radically expand it. A country like Germany and like South Korea, they're successful because they test, they isolate people, they move them away. You know, they, they, they take care of their health, of course, but they don't let them infect other people. They can do that because they can test them and we're you know we're a little bit backward in that respect so some energy on that file would be would be really important
0: it sounds to me like what we're lacking is a national coordinated effort here uh, so that everybody's sort of functioning for the same end or goals you're talking about it's integrated or holistic with the testing to your point uh, yeah there have been a lot of tests committed in Germany as well as in fact, they even have immunity passes. I guess that they're handing out, or there was a submission that uh, that's a route to take. I don't know how you'd feel about that. I'm curious, though, about this: uh, why our national stockpile of these PPE were allowed to get depleted to the point we're now in a panic state? <laughs>
1: Well, that's an excellent question. I mean, uh, you know, since we had lost so much of our manufacturing capacity, you would think that making sure that we had this on hand would be would be vital. And these uh, these viruses like, you know, they they uh, they surface frequently. So, you know, we were lucky around Ebola, for example, which is a horrible disease and, and very virulent, you know, like so it should be clear to all levels of government that having this kind of. Equipment on hand is just a, a primary requirement of us being able to fight it. Without a, an attrition rate, a casualty rate of healthcare workers that's so high in in professions that are already uh, you know threadbare. Really, we do, we don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough uh, staff in many of the various other capacities in the healthcare system.
0: Michael, have your members been uh, asked to sanitize their masks at this point?
1: yes uh, recycling is starting in earnest and of course there are as you know uh you know protocols from the center for disease control and stanford university and other places about how masks can be safely reused and we would certainly support uh you know that as long as as long as the mask can actually be cleaned and is safe to use again of course if we can uh, use it we need to because we don't have enough of the equipment so that's a that's a positive development i think
0: Typically how many masks would a frontline worker use in a circumstance like we're facing now in a week?
1: Well, the problem is that I mean ordinarily what should happen is that uh uh if if you're a nurse and you go into a room with a covid patient or anybody else who's got a contagious disease, you you know, you should be uh um, you should be shedding your Your garments and the the ones that need to be washed will be laundered, and the ones that are uh, disposable will be dealt with. And you don't carry that equipment around with you uh, throughout throughout the facility, particularly your mask, which can have uh, which can have um, stuff living on it, right? But we're in an area of shortage, so people are being given one mask for the day, two masks for the day. Um, and uh, you know they take a lo- they take a fairly long time to sterilize, say ninety minutes. So, and then you have to get them there. So, perhaps they aren't being sterilized. So, by not having a national stockpile, by not ordering enough equipment, um, by not paying enough attention, we 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 you know we tolerate uh, standards of, um, of of you know behavior with respect to uh, you know to sterile fields and that sort of thing, which ordinarily you wouldn't you you wouldn't consider perhaps to be safe
0: finally what do you make of the sixty two thousand plus masks that had to be recalled by the city of toronto yesterday a full refund is in order according to the manufacturer but uh that these were ripping and tearing and we're told were earmarked for long-term care facilities i find that especially egregious your comment
1: well it's heartbreaking eh? and you know i mean part of the problem is long-term care is at the bottom of the barrel and part of the reason for that is because you know society you know doesn't seem to value these you know these older citizens who have spent their whole lives building our country right and so the people who take care of them aren't valued either and they get they get the the least you know compared to the hospitals and stuff and you know that is a tragic at this moment to have sixty-two thousand masks go missing uh, because they're they you know they're compromised or don't work. Like that's a that's a tragedy. That's you know. I appreciate you joining us, and uh, hopefully
0: the next time we speak, everything will be up to speed or done much uh, more efficiently. But to your point, and the takeaway is, uh, there's got to be more urgency at all levels of government to address the shortage of ppe michael hurley head of QP ontario's council of hospital unions appreciate your weighing in and updating us this afternoon
1: thank you so much for having me yep
0: we'll talk soon all the best well that one is very very problematic uh i would have thought he'd be more optimistic but i get it that uh he doesn't feel they're not doing adequate or they're doing uh whatever is taking too long to get done and yet uh The stories that came out earlier today, uh, everybody's mobilizing, all hands on deck. The idea of these 62,000 plus masks needing to be recalled, though, uh, to me, tends to suggest maybe somebody's taken liberties in the manufacturing, the ripping and tearing, it's an inferior product. I'm sure when they're called to account, they're happy to just give a full refund, but that's not good enough. I'd like to know the name of the manufacturer, frankly, although uh, it was the city of Toronto that caught it.